Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Remember how before Christmas Day, nobody used to ever talk about the NBA, and then we had great dramas and trades and LeBron and Kobe, etc., and talk about it almost year-round. Well, it seems like things have regressed to the mean, and we're back talking about the NFL and College Bowl matchups, and the NBA is back to sneaking into town in the middle of the night like a predator who's been put on parole and doesn't want anyone to know he's moving back into the neighborhood until Christmas Day. That's the way it used to be with the NBA, and it seems to be that way this year again. But it's always fun to have the basketball drama back. Bet Online's your number one source for all your sports betting needs, which includes wagering on the National Basketball Association, better known by its gangster name, the NBA. Head to betonline.ag and join and get your 50% welcome bonus just for being friends with JT and Looney. Now, it's got to be your first time signing up at BetOnline to get that 50% welcome bonus, and you got to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, as in the Believe Radio Network, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE. Use that as your promo code. You put in 100 bucks, you'll get $50. Really cool. BetOnline, where the game starts, and now the podcast starts, damn it. Welcome to the JT and Looney podcast. Episode 153. Oh, we're back. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, hello, podcast friend, Tom Looney. How are you? Oh, I'm in fine fettle. What a great weekend. Uh, what a great football week we had with the college games. What an incredible college football picture we've had. I've seen some moving pictures at the movie theater that I really liked. And so I'm doing well. Stop talking football when we should be talking about World Cup football. That's yes. the real football. I'm dying to do this, and I want some of our audience, uh, if you're watching us or listening to us, get me the real number because they're throwing around billions with a B. I so I, I read something that I thought was pretty accurate that when the Super Bowl gets between 125 million and 140 million, that's like the big number. So just Google Super Bowl largest audiences for TV. And then World Cup, it's over a billion. So that means doing the math, it's 10 times more. Now, the reason it's 10 times more because the whole world is watching and the whole world doesn't give a shit about the Super Bowl. They don't right. care about the Super Bowl in Argentina, in Thailand, in Cape Town. They don't care right. about it the Uruguay. way we do. In Uruguay. Uruguay. I love how you say <laughs> Uruguay. So. So that means, in theory, and Americans hate what I'm about to say. They hate it. That means it's better, bigger, and more important. Now, the ignorant American will say, yo, dude, there's no goals. I watched the game. I mean, we, we watched the game in 90 minutes. They come up with the fake minutes after the game. There were no goals. It tied 0-0. It can't be any good. It's boring. And I'm saying, no, it's not boring. An entire country lives and dies by every save, goal, penalty kick, because it means more. It's for a country, not a league. If you were in Argentina or Iran or any of these countries and you went to the bazaar and you had to pick up maybe a T-shirt or a cup of sugar or some uh, jalapenos or whatever, and every booth you went to, they would have a little TV over in the corner. Yeah. And they would not only be working, they would be watching these games. We just can't admit in this country that we're not great at everything. We just can't. Yeah. We're awful with divorce. Half our country's divorced. Even even athletes like Tom Brady can get divorced in like 
two games. He can go from week four in the NFL right. to week seven. <laughs> he can be divorced. Yeah, you know, he had Bridget Moynihan and a kid, then Giselle and a couple of kids, and he's divorced, and he's right back to playing the Saints the following weekend. So we're not great in this country with family because we divorce more than anywhere else in the world. We're, 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 no other country really seems to have the problem with guns that we do. Absolutely, we're yeah, terrible when it comes shoot to each other problems. all the time. Or whether, whether we're that's just that's embarrassing. And we really don't participate in the biggest sport in the world, which is yeah, World Cup. Right. But now we have. Now we've advanced from the group stage to the knockout stage, as Kristen Pulisic scored a goal that was so dramatic. And another thing, I'm really having a tough time coming to grips with. Pulisic scored a goal. We win one nothing over Iran. He goes to the hospital. He didn't tear his Achilles. He didn't blow out his knee. Thank God. He wasn't taken off on a stretcher. He left his team in harm's way. Because if remember, if Iran comes back, scores one goal, the United States gets eliminated. He goes to the hospital, is on an IV, tweets from the hospital, use a little profanity on Instagram, which I like. He's so proud of his guys, blank. And then he's back at the, the club hotel, the team hotel, as they return. And it was one of the most beautiful celebrations as he had his camera out, cell phone camera out, watching his teammates come through the lobby and they see him who was injured and hug him and he won the game. So a beautiful moment to build on the momentum of the World Cup, Team USA, and hopefully in years to come, we're a World Cup favorite. And I, I do find it confusing that some of the people who claim to be patriots, you know, who, who boycotted the NFL because Colin Kaepernick didn't like that song and... They because they love their country so much they can't take it, and so they they, they boycotted the NFL. But they they're mocking soccer and making bowling jokes and scoring jokes like you're saying, and not cheering for their country, like all these other countries are. Does these other people love their country more? Well, the argument could be made. Yes. Well, the idiots who yell about the scoring and lack of scoring un- don't understand the difficulty of the sport. Number one, it's hard to score. Right. You have everybody trying to stop you. Right, yeah. The whole entire team is trying to stop you. And you can't use your hands like we do in football and baseball and basketball. And they're sitting there and it, the other team and coaches are doing everything to stop you. And in the game, what's interesting about soccer is that when you do get a lead, a lot of times you go into a prevent defense, which is a smart way to do it because a one goal decides most of these right. teams, yep. and teams just decide at a certain point. Like in the United States game, what I thought was so interesting with Iran is that there was a point in the game where not only did they have to score, they needed another goal. They needed that second goal in case they gave up a goal. It'd be 2-1, they'd still win. And about the 80th minute, because they play 90, about the 80th minute, they couldn't go score a goal again. They had to play defense, because if they made a mistake being aggressive, right. they could lose on the counter. <laughs> so there was a lot of technical ways of breaking it down. I spoke to Alexi Lawless on my Sirius XM Mad Dog radio show about set pieces, corner kicks, who's not subbing in at the right time. Why is Reyna not in the game enough? And he's arguably the most talented player. There's so many ways to look at strategy in soccer and fans who just watch football, the NBA and MLB. They don't want to talk about strategy. They just want to be entertained. And I'm surprised that still there are so many people who might knock it for whatever reasons uh, that have still had it's still some of the same people that had to take their sons or daughters to soccer practice. Oh, you nailed it. Let me stop you. You nailed it. These are, these are the same hypocrites who lose their Saturdays at the beach 
or at the house or with their family and friends and they got to take their kids to right. go play a sport that they'll never be good at, never compete at, never make their high school team, college. What a joke. And they'll never play. But those dads and moms, even those hot soccer moms, they fill up the car, they fill up the cooler, they get to the field, and they spend two or three hours that they'll never get back to watch their kids play, and then they bitch about the World Cup. You forgot about the minivans. The whole industry was was created to get those kids to soccer vet, uh, practice. The minivan is all about soccer moms in the United States. Can I give you the guide to how to watch the rest of the world? Oh, my I, God, I have, yes. Can I give you the guide? i got to put that in my notes as we yeah, promote. Put this in your notes. This is the guide to watch World Cup soccer. guide how to watch soccer. And this is all you need, and you'll need, you have this for the rest of your life. First off, you have to buy something American to wear. That would be a T-shirt, a hat, something that says USA on it. That's number one. Just do that. Number two, you have to fuel up with some type of alcoholic beverage at home or go to a sports bar. That's it. You have to get out of the house and you have to go with people who want to interact with you and want to be excited about their country. And then what you have to do is learn a little bit about the game, offsides, what it means, how many players are on the pitch at the same time. And then the most important thing, learn about the rivalries, which I spent a lot of time with. Learn which country hates each other. See, it was very easy with USA and Iran. <laughs> yes, Because our yes. countries hate each other. Yep. But when you see Costa Rica play the Netherlands, or you see Argentina play Australia coming up here, you don't, know, you don't have to know the history of those governments. So try to know a little bit about the rivalry. And then the most important thing, know at least one great player. The way I learned about NASCAR, went into my first Daytona 500. I picked Dale Earnhardt Jr. And I was all set. All of a sudden, boom, I'm in. I got a junior hat on. I'm rooting for him. I know who his rivals are. That's all you need. So root for your country. Have a couple booze hits. Drink something and talk to people and be a part of something that's your country. And then you'll love it the rest of your life. One of the great advantages of living in Los Angeles, there are many. And one of them is the enthusiasm for the World Cup because we have bars dedicated to certain ethnic groups, nationalities, And, you know, when United States, we have, I believe, the largest Iranian immigrant population and the, the largest number of Iranian Americans in the country in Los Angeles. A lot, 1979, the revolution in Iran, a lot of those wealthy Iranians came to Los Angeles. And there are a lot of our doctors. And they, uh, so there's a lot of bars filled up. With people cheering for Iran, and of course, and we are overwhelmed with people from the UK who fill up the bars to oh, yeah. watch soccer. Oh my God! And, and it's and it's great for an economy of of any major city because these are bars that would normally not have anybody in them at uh, at ten o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Well, we're lucky out here in Vegas. We're a 24-hour town. We don't have yeah. clocks in casinos. Now, everybody has an Apple iPhone or, well, you know, a Fitbit or an Apple right. Watch. But you can get lost in a casino in Vegas and think it's midnight, but it's really 3 in the morning because right. you, don't, you don't know what time is. So in Vegas, we're not worried about it. The game on Saturday is going to be on at 6 in the morning, start, kick probably about 7 a.m. Well, again, as we try to teach you how to watch the sport, if you're a drinker or not, there are some people who are sober, and please, we'll keep them out of this. But if you like to have a Bloody Mary or a cocktail, you got to get out. So 10 o'clock in the morning in New York, Miami, D.C., really a soccer hotbeds of Boston, you, know, you get to the restaurant or bar at 9 a.m., you get a Bloody Mary, you get a couple of beers, 
And out here, out west, with three hours earlier, you really got to get a Bloody Mary. Get it going because it's festive. And another important point, don't feel like you have to watch other soccer leagues before the World Cup. I won't waste my time with the MLS. And I know that's going to rub some people the wrong way because there's some good MLS players and leagues. L.A. just won a championship in your backyard. But that is... They sell out every game. It's one of the greatest events to go to in L.A., which I haven't gone to yet, but I will just because it's so much fun. As we dip the podcast in reality, that is below the minor leagues. In baseball, we have major leagues, AAA, double, right. and then we have single A, and then we have things like the winter league and things right. that no one know about, right? Well, MLS is not even the minor leagues because you would have World Cup, which is your national it's team. It's not even the Elmira Pioneers? Not even that. Not even that. So what the MLS is, it's below the Premier League. It's below the Spanish League, La Liga. It's far below the Bundesliga in Germany. And then you could look at the Italian league with the Ventus and Roma and the great teams in Italy. So you don't even get to the MLS. The MLS is so beyond the minor leagues that it's just for fans that are craving soccer, craving soccer in their community here in the States. So forget about all that. Go right to the World Cup every four years and pretend that you like it. Just fake it until you get hooked. Because I think if you enjoy it and go a couple of times, you'll fall in love with it. It's amazing to me to watch how every four years, you know, this this economy is created where I live. About eight years ago, maybe it was 12 years ago, I was out with the JT Mafia. You got all those those friends with the gangster names, Jimmy B, Bobby G, and you and I went out uh, and several others to, uh, to, to a bar in Hollywood and Vine. And watched, I think it was USA, Mexico. And yeah, we did. Drank our faces off at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, and we had a terrific time. Well, as we speak today, Mexico lost. They won their game in the World Cup, but they needed to win by three goals. Yes. They, they were eliminated. This close. You can't see my fingers, but it was this close. And oh. the big problem with that is Fox is legendary. Fox became the broadcast, sports broadcast partner that would take the camera and put it on the kid. And they do it at the World Series. They put the camera on the mom as she's staring. And it's two outs in the bottom of the ninth. Fox became the network that showed the fan as they were in complete panic about winning or losing. They showed a little Mexican boy with a bandana on, full crying today, full tears. Uh. And the scoundrels kept the camera on him because his father or mom probably told him, no, no, we won the game but we're eliminated from the World Cup. And that's what's fascinating about the sport. You can win a game or draw, but if you don't have enough points in the group stage, you don't advance, and we saw a lot of that earlier today. And you get points by scoring more goals? Yeah, well, you get three points if you win, in, if you win by the outright winner, 2-1, 3-2. Right. Uh, you get a point if you tie, right? So that's very important, yeah. a draw. And then if you lose, you don't get points. So if a team draws and they have a point and you play two games out of three, you can play three games in the first round in your group. Okay. And the best two teams out of four advance. That's why Argentina, they lost their first game and everybody lost their mind. Oh, my God. Well, Messi knew that he was going to win another game. They were going to get points somewhere, but they had to make sure the other teams in the group, each team plays everyone in their group once. Mm-hmm. And if you draw against the team, you better win against the other. And that's what really made this United States team, Tom, so unique is what happened with Wales in that first game. And then they had these two shutout games and they had to beat Iran. They couldn't draw. They had a win and they won one nil. 
which kept everybody on the edge of their seat. Now, was that a great win considering that you would yes. just presume Iran had a better team? No, Iran didn't have the better team. I okay. think the United States was younger, and the and there was a lot going on there, but the pressure on the United States to get out of the group and get into the sweet 16, as we call it in basketball, right. was enormous, and they had to get out of their comfort zone of playing good for a little bit because the United States has played good in the first half of two of their games and not in the second half. And they just had to win that game. And then I read a pretty cool article. I forget where it was in the Daily Mail or one of the websites about the Iranian players being threatened because now there is a revolution going on in Iran, like we're seeing China now where people are protesting and wanting their freedoms. And the first game, the Iranian players did not sing their anthem on purpose. And then a warning went out to their families that if they don't sing, there could be ramifications, right? This is well. The warning I thought went to the players that said, "We yeah. know where your families live." That's yes. what it was. Yeah. And 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 for that to happen, so imagine what the Iranian players went through pressure-wise in the locker room. We're 24 hours before the game. Their families being threatened at home. They need to win, and it's for their country. Compared to the first round of the NLDS, if the Padres are playing the Cardinals. What's the pressure there? You strike out, you end the game, who cares? Right? LeBron misses a three in the first round of the playoffs in game two. There's you know, five. Who cares? There's not that type of pressure. That's why I've been trying to remind everybody how amazing this game is at the World Cup level. Countries live and die on every pass, goal, and mistake, and the players have to carry the weight of that loss and the shame back to their country where some countries – you know where I'm going. Some countries, when we go home, we don't know what happens to those players right. when they get home or to their families. It's insanity. The good people in the country of Iran have suffered for so long. Before 1979, the revolution, and a lot of people in that country approved of the revolution because they hated their government before that. They had a totalitarian dictatorship with the king and the Shah of Iran, and he was supported by the United States. And he had his secret police, and it and people were intimidated by the government constantly. And if they were protested, if they were protesting at all, they were treated and they just disappeared. So they had the revolution, and then the Islamic Revolution took over, and the Ayatollah came out. He had been living in France for thirty years or something like that. Came back as a hero, and then they hated the new government after a while. So to have a, to hate your government but love your country, have a revolution, and then hate your government again, but love your country, as people just want to work and put me, have freedom and put food on the table. And it just takes, and so even as a warning to people here, be careful about you know, talking about rev, flippantly about revolution in this country when we have it so well, because, boy, I'm telling you, you can you can overturn the government and then hate the new government worse than the previous government, and then nothing changes for, you know, the people. What was 1979, 89, 99, 09, 19? So some people are 40, 50, 60, 70, and they've lived under nothing but a crappy government. And you see what's going on there now, and they want more freedom, and the people who are protesting for the new freedom are getting killed or getting their, getting kneecapped. And so we have to take a look in the mirror. We don't do everything well in this country, but we got you got to be happy with the country you have. Put politics aside. Take a deep breath. And remember, what, what's our biggest debates here in this country? What are our biggest debates? Gender neutral, neutral bathrooms. <laughs> that, we are so blessed. 
and what we want to do with our tax money, et cetera. Um, shall it go into defense or bike paths? Oh, we're so lucky. Bike paths. Oh, my. Yes, we have these incredible debates. They're going to put a bike path. They're going to put a bike lane on Fountain Boulevard. You know, we get all upset. We are so lucky that we are debating the things that we debate in our country, or even gay marriage and stuff like that and trans issues. We are so lucky that that's what we're debating compared to other countries where they want freedom and they get shot in the head for asking for it. One of our most downloaded podcasts ever is tipping. We tried to go back and forth on what's yes. a proper tip at the valet, after dinner, 20%, more, all of that. Yeah. New topic, new topic, hot button for me out here in Vegas and for you okay. in LA. When you have people, I have very generous friends. And I believe I'm yes, you do. I believe I'm generous. I tried yes, to be. You always but have been. We live in cities, you and I, where people want to come visit. So general rule right. now is I'm very lucky to have generous, generous friends. If they're coming to visit me, are they required to pay? Or am I required to play because that, that pay because I live here? Very important topic now happening. Uh -huh. Because if I live in Vegas and if I accept every invitation, from everybody who wants to go out with me for dinner and my True, wife, right. every drink. I work at night, so I can't go out during night. Save my career and life. <laughs> I can't go out mostly right. on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But if someone comes to visit me and says, hey, I want to meet you out at the Strip, and it's a pretty nice restaurant. You know, if I go there and I accept every one of those invitations and have to split a $500 bill, oh, shit. that's not smart. Nor do I expect everybody to pay for me every time. They don't right. have to pay for me. Well, if you want to split the bill, it gets very expensive. So how do you handle it when people come to visit you in Hollywood as you're there in California? And they say, hey, Tom, I'm in town. Uh, let's meet at Little Dom's. Do you suggest they're inviting you so they'll pick up the whole tab or you live there? You're going to pay. I just had this happen with Bulldog Shan, a friend of mine since seventh grade. You know, I've got a lot of friends. I'm a, a lot a lot of friends for in my entire life. If I always say that we're both lucky that if we had to list our out loud, our 10 best friends, we'd have no problem coming up with that list, although we wouldn't want to do it out loud because we would insult number 11. And Bulldog's one of those guys, as I accuse you of having mafia nicknames for your friends. <laughs> uh, and Bulldog came to town, graduated probably close to last in our class uh, at Notre Dame High School. Right. And probably makes more than our entire class. Uh, it's a class of about 130. And uh, lives in West Palm Beach between Rush Limbaugh and the Kennedys. Uh, the late Rush Limbaugh and the Kennedys. And uh, not far from Mar-a-Lago. And so we went out to Taylor's, had a terrific time, but, uh, you know, but I always, I assumed he would pick up the bill because he's so generous and he's, you know, he's having a ball. I uh, have grew up with 12 kids, you know, lots of hand-me-downs, didn't have a penny. So he's having a ball, making a lot of money. And I, um, but I, 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 of course I pulled up when the, when the bill came, I offered, I offered at least a pitch in half. Okay, here we go. And he grabbed it. So I think it's always polite to offer to pitch in. You don't have to necessarily pick it up. But if the person's going to do the right thing and pick it up because they're on vacation and you're not, you should always offer to pitch in because in the back of your mind, you know, with your generous friends, just like I did with Bulldog, they're probably going to pick it up. Well, another big problem here in Vegas, if we're not the dining capital of America, I don't know who it's is. Close. It's close. Oh, and one more thing. If they do pick up the check for you, it is also polite and polite society to say, I'll do the tip if you'd like. I'll, I'll pick up the tip. And 
usually your friend won't let you. But if they do, they can give me an idea what it is. You know, if it's a $500 bill, you got to tip $75. You've still saved yourself a lot of money. I know a lot of servers out here. You were in the restaurant business. I love when the ladies yeah. go out, some of the gals. And this is, this is a beautiful thing. I love when the women get together. My wife gets together with girlfriends. They go out. There's like eight or nine of them. Right. And then the bill comes, and they break out eight or nine credit cards. Oh, I hate so, that. This is a big topic, too, out here okay. in Vegas. Take so cash. Take, okay, don't so be that guy. When the gals go out and they have the sorority reunion and they haven't been out and they plan the trip and right. they all go out to dinner and the bill comes and seven of them take out credit cards and ask the server, can you That's split terrible. this seven oh, times? Oh, my God. You can't do that. You, uh, you can't. You have to. We used to go through that problem with a group of friends. A lot of times we would go out with on Saturday nights or at least one Saturday per month. And I said, well, Bob's going to bring his credit card, so I'm not bringing my credit card. And I would stop and get cash. So I wasn't the pain in the ass as everyone else pulled out cash and Bob pulled out his credit card. Yeah, take a bunch of cash with you. I know we're not used to it anymore. If there might be some splitting of the bill. What happens if you're at dinner and you're sitting with, you know, let's, let's round it up. Say there's four couples, eight people, mm-hmm. and you know you're going to split the bill. Right. That's just a fact. You're going to split the bill. I would just start pounding the vodka sodas right out of the gate. I want to get, <laughs> get ahead, right? Is that, right. is that proper etiquette, or should I wait for the slowest person there to order their second glass of wine? If I want to have three or four cocktails here, so the bill's going to come, obviously, should I throw in more, or do we all agree we're splitting it evenly? Well, I, I, you split it evenly. Uh, I, I did go out. It was funny. With, uh, to my favorite. I, wish, I think it's called Le Duel. I do. It's, uh, it's in San Francisco. It's a French restaurant. God, it's great. And always go out with the same couple. Another friend of mine since seventh grade at St. Patrick's Middle School. And I won't say the name in this case because, um, because of the story. So we pretty much all got similar entrees, but I split a bottle of wine with my other half. And so when the bill came, I said, we just split the bill. He said, you got wine. Right. <laughs> That's the ele- that's the elephant in the room. There's always yes. someone looking. There's yes. always someone in your group. You looking. got a bottle of wine, and I thought, ooh, yeah. It's, but you're still supposed to split anyway, right? So, uh, so yeah, you missed out. You didn't have a glass, but you, so I, I I agree that the classy thing is not to do that, and that you it doesn't matter if you had four vodka sevens, and there's a person there who doesn't drink. You split it four ways. It's not vodka seven. That's sugar. It's vodka. Oh, sugar. right. I forgot vodka you got. Soda. I got you. I got you off the vodka. So. Yeah, and I still have friends who. Oh, it's. Oh, they still have vodka cranberry, or they'll have a vodka soda with oh, a no. splash of cran. That's high school. Back, hold on. <laughs> not only is it high school, it bothers me because when the bartender, because we're allowed to still call them bartenders, we're not yes, allowed. Yes, you to can. That's still the right pronoun. Back. Yes. That's the- but I always wonder when the bartender hears vodka soda splash of cran or anything splash of cran, knowing that they have to do more work to make that drink instead of just the vodka soda with the guns, you know, the, right. the vodka and the soda. They got to go find the cran gun or the cranberry and just put a splash in. Not a court, just a splash. And a man asked for that. A man would ask for that. You know, a man would say, can I have a vodka something with a splash of crayon? Is that still allowed in America in 2022? Well, it is allowed and we have our minds open to it, but we're not going to do it. How about that? And here's another thing we've always we've been begging for them to do whoever they are. And that is change the glass for the martinis. I love it great martini oh my god it's like still haven't found that my sister my uh, brother-in-law some really important people in my life i'll I'll do an espresso martini 
espresso martini with the coffee, the chocolate. That that's great to me. But the people that sit there and will drink multiple martinis. Oh, you got to be careful drinking because I I'm a gulper because yeah. I'm Irish, just like you. With the our Irish side is we uh, we drink them down. So you got You can't start drinking down martinis the way you might drink down beer or vodka soda. <laughs> I have a general theory in life. Anything that you put in your mouth, food or drink, it should taste well. So I never got into the martini. Oh, well, then, yeah, you got you yeah, will I, never I, I, be I, in the martini. Yeah, I that, get it. I hate or I hated for years. I hated olives, black, green. Ugh, nothing I thought tastes worse than the olive. But you put an olive in a martini. When you're done with that martini, that olive tastes like apple pie. <laughs> because the martini does taste like rocket fuel. And I uh, it, yeah, let's stop right there. It does taste to me like rocket fuel. Yeah, and, yes. And the good thing about it, if you only want to have one or two, everybody I see who have one or two, the difference between one to two Ooh. is really funny to watch because oh. it's a drink where, you know, you could have a bunch of cocktails and not even get buzzed, or it takes you a while to get buzzed. But the difference between the one to two to two to three martini. Once you get into two smash, or three, you turn into Walter White and you start telling your brother-in-law he hasn't found the drug dealer yet. <laughs> That's what happens. You start. You, oh, my God. Yeah, there's a big step between two and three. And do you know Queen Elizabeth would still be alive if she hadn't given up her martinis? The, doc, the doctor told her to stop drinking her nightly martini. And about eight months later, she died. Great segue to a void that I have in my life. And my wife is not happy with me as we record this podcast because I cheated on her with the crown. Oh, I went ahead and finished it. And she liked to watch together. Yes. That I reminded her, I reminded my beautiful great wife that if she's going to look at TikTok or she's going to do this or, you know, get on the phone with her mom, which she should do every night and do certain things. I can't wait. <laughs> right. I can't. I get off the radio. I got to do another. So I got to watch the crown. That's, that's your middle name. I can't well, I finished wait. The crown. I finished the crown and now I have a void in my life. My wife's upset that we didn't watch it together, which is really a quirky marriage thing. Oh, really it is, weird. isn't it? Like you want to watch together. And I break that rule a lot. And I went ahead and finished it. And now I have a void in my life because I want to watch The Crown. It's like going to the movies every night. And now my movies are over because oh, I watched yeah. the season, which started off kind of slow. Uh, big, big princess die. Uh, Dodie Fayed. And now next season, obviously, will be the car accident. They'll go that way because it ends up. It ends. And I'm not ruining for you, but it ends up as she's getting ready to go on the yacht and Dodie's going to be on the yacht and it's the next stage there, but well done. Just well done again with the crown, the queen Charles, who's now King Charles, the late princess die the way they handled it all. Just brilliant. Just love it so far. Brilliant. Haven't finished it yet. And it, you know, you know that a series or a movie Titanic, for example, you know, one of the greatest epics ever made. Well, you already know the end of the movie. And it's still a great movie, just like with The Crown. You already know a lot. It's a lot of those things you don't know that happened, but we still know what the ending is here. And we still can't help but watch it because it is great art. I saw the movie. I did see The Fablemans, which is good. Oh, you but, did? Yes, I did see The Fablemans. Whoa, whoa. Okay, stop okay. the presses. Movie review, please. Movie review, please. Oh, interesting. I was going to review Triangle of Sadness because I loved that so much. But... Uh, the Fablemans uh, last night really enjoyed it. Surprised me too with a lot of twists and turns because, of course, 
when you watch the the trailer it's very uh cotton candy and teary-eyed and wonderful thought it was going to be more of a cotton candy movie but i liked how they kept it real and watching pretty much the steven spielberg story and it really is a reflection of america in the 50s and 60s which people many times portray it romantically but to bookend the show we don't always do marriage well and uh, you know and then the 60s was not only the, uh, the was the birthplace of a lot of revolutions not only the sexual revolution but the divorce resolution in america i was upset that they didn't call it the spielbergs i really am i have a problem with that i, I think oh did I you think see it no, but okay. I know it's right. the life of Steven Spielberg, the right. backdrop of it. And I don't know why we have to name it the Fablemans when we could name it the Spielbergs. I would be more interested in that. I get it. There's probably some legalities there and all that. But I, I, it just looks like it's going to be a great movie. Oh, I feel it like is. it's getting an Oscar push, too. He doesn't, looking at my he social doesn't make bad movies. And Judd Hirsch will get an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting really? Actor. And this is also, yeah, of Judd Hirsch, of all people. You know, I have only think I've seen him in one movie. I think he was in the Timothy Hutton movie, like way, Ordinary People, years ago, uh, where Timothy Hutton won an Academy Award. But I, uh, for a best supporting actor, and Timothy Hutton wasn't a supporting actor in that movie. They've kind of altered that category over the years to try to cheat some actors into winning it. This was a supporting actor, a best. Uh, this is nominee worthy, best supporting actor, and he was in the movie probably ten or fifteen minutes. Ooh, he was I that good. That. He's that good. Well, if he had that well, the, the best supporting actor is only supposed to be in a movie ten or fifteen minutes, but the. The ward has changed over the years, and they just throw everybody in there. But he, he was terrific, uh, motivational factor in Steven Spielberg's life. I loved it. One out of five bricks, five being best. Where do you have the fable? Okay, I always do one out of ten. It would be, I mean, not, not bricks, but my one to ten, ten being best. I'll give it an eight. Not good. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. His, his, his movies start out as eights, right? Uh, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. It's not going to be bad. And you love seeing when somebody is able to uh, you, you connect the dots in reverse with their life. Any successful person, it's always fascinating to see the twists and turns, the hands of fate, which is a great Rolling Stones song, by the way, that, uh, that really changed people's lives. But he went to see a movie when he was a little boy and that, was, uh, that changed his life forever. And it was the first movie he ever saw. Considering most, yeah, considering yeah. most people haven't gone to the movies and yeah, haven't been to the movies, were you conscious of the people chewing like cows and coughing around you uh, as we're still in some ah. form of COVID? Were you conscious where someone was sitting too close and eating and ripping open candy and chewing like a cow and it would distract you? Or would, did you get just into the movie where you were just locked in? What was that like? It's great because I lock into a movie and, and sustain the moment. I don't look at foreshadowing. It's really wonderful how uh, my mind is able to watch a movie. I never have to worry about anybody sitting near us because I, like a little child, I like to sit in row one or two. So when you go to the theater, a lot of times I go to the theater where you pick your seats. And every time I pick my seat, the person working there says, you know, that's the screen right there. But I want a movie. That is a loony fun fact. I, as yeah. well as I know you, I had I would thought you would, be, you would have been so locked in on sitting perfectly in the middle or right near the middle and you're telling me you sit way up front oh yeah usually row two or usually row two and by the way you know who likes to sit in row one quentin tarantino which i've seen a couple of times at the arc light he sat in front of me 
and but there's nobody in those seats. Another thing, there's nobody in those because they don't know. People don't know it's the best seats. The movie is its biggest in the first, second, or third row. Up in the middle is not the best place. Then it's this big. That's a 19-inch television which we grew up with. <laughs> when, it's, when we sit back, we what do you want to sit back there for? Then you have a 19-inch television. No, I want it to be giant. I've always, I'm surprised I've never mentioned this in all the years. Ever. Interesting. Have you ever walked, had this icebox moment where you go to the icebox to get yourself a popsicle or some, some ice cream when you're watching The Crown and you say to yourself, oh my God, I've never talked about this or that on the radio. I am unprofessional. That's a great story. I am a storyteller, and I've never talked about that. You and I both have a lot of those, and that's one of them. I didn't know that we've never talked about that. Right that's up front, good, that's where I like to good be. Good way to wrap up the podcast. We are, we are broadcasters. A lot of people just want you to get to the scores, <laughs> get to the highlights, uh, play the hits. We are all right. taught to play the hits. Uh, there are not enough qualified broadcasters, especially in sports, to talk about anything other than sports. That is true. We don't want to hear about right. their Thanksgivings. We don't want to hear about their movies, what cheeseburger brand mm -hmm. they like better. Just stick to sports until you get good enough and you've been doing it 10 plus, maybe 15 years, and you can step outside and try a new platform. Triangle of Sadness is a movie recommendation I want to leave you with, JT. Yeah. About relationship dynamics, power dynamics, gender roles, transactional relationships, our common humanity, irony, two assholes debating communism versus Marxism on a multi-million dollar, dollar luxury yacht in the middle of the ocean. Everybody in the movie is set up to fail from the pedestals they live on, but it's a rollicking social satire, and I loved it. Who did star? Who's in the movie? Oh, there's, and that's what's great because it can really pull you in. There's nobody famous in the movie. A lot of beautiful people in the movie. You know, there's models, etc. Uh, and great, great about relationships about who gets the pretty girl, who gets the pretty boy. Well, there's a lot that goes into that. Woody Harrelson is eventually Ooh, good in the, actor. Yeah, about halfway into the film, he pop, he pops open a door, and it's the first person you recognize. Uh, but so they, so you're already pulled way into the film. A lot of times when a film doesn't have recognizable faces, it's easier for them to pull you in because you're not thinking that's Tom Cruise, that's Leonardo DiCaprio, that's Woody Harrelson. Download and share, please. Thank you for listening to all 38 minutes and 38 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast. Powered by our friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.